If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Yes, my lord. We saw them practicing with each other. Their Kung Fu is first class. Hmm. Shaolin shadow boxing and the Wu-Tang sword style. If only... like a sword fight. You must think first, before you move. My lord, a handsome sword. Do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Everything you hear on this podcast episode is non-commercial, fair use, Creative Commons license. Welcome back to episode 210 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. So we got a nice episode for you today, and it is on the Go Ring No Show or the Book of Five Rings. And the author of that is an old friend of the show, and that would be Miyamoto Musashi, the greatest samurai of all time. So this is a YouTube video that I, um, I'm going to put links and everything and give all the credits in the show notes. I'm trying to brush up on my podcasting game, so I'm working on my show notes and all my links and everything. So you'll start noticing that in the show notes, you'll see. So Miyamoto Musashi wrote... Again, he was the greatest samurai of all time, feudal Japan, Ronin, you know, Ronin meaning he he didn't Ronin mean meaning he didn't have a leader or somebody over him. He just would do like a like a free agent. He just roamed wherever he would do and work for whoever he wanted to work for, if he wanted to work at all. He, had, he was well known, very famous even in, in his own lifetime as being the greatest samurai of all time. So when he got on in age, I believe if I'm not mistaken, he won either 60 or 70 battles. I think it was like 62 uh, strategy fights or sword fights with other samurais, and he's, he he won. And um, I guess he was getting on in age, and he got tired of um, just war and samurai fighting, so he began uh, doing art and writing. So he would do paintings, and he wrote the Book of Five Rings and the Dakota. From what I could see, the Dakota is basically... Uh, 21 rules for life, and he tacked it onto the back of the Book of Five Rings. I might be wrong, but from all my research and what I've seen, and I've been following Musashi for a very long time. So, his his famous books, Book of Strategy, Miyamoto Musashi's The Book of Five Rings, or The Go Rin No Show. Love that name. And it's comprised of five chapters. The first chapter of The Book of Five Rings is going to be the ground book. The second book is the book of water the third book is the book of fire the fourth book is the book of wind and the fifth book which is my favorite is the the void the book of the void 
that which isn't. So when we get in, and it, they're going to get into this in this uh, talk. It's about 50 to 20 minutes long, so it's going to be a brief episode. The, the ground book is basically the foundation for everything, and that's how things are as you see the way the ground, the lay of the ground, as they say, and basically... Everything follows from the ground. Without ground, you have nothing. So you, you, that's the ground book, the basic book. The second book is the book of water. And what the book of and this is all allegorical, metaphorical, you know, in the book of Five Rings. The book of water is flexibility and how to change course and how to be subtle and move around obstacles instead of just confronting them, Okay free-flowing, following, you know, what is out there for you, following the patterns in nature. Okay, then the third book is the book of fire, and that's the book of combat, of war, a brute, straightforward strength, strategy, and winning, you know, the book of fire. It's war, okay? It's putting things into action. It's the verb, you know, the action of what it is, you know, of what life is about. The fourth book is the book of wind, I love the way he, he he breaks these down. The book of wind is not from what's within you, but what is outside of you, like the literally the wind, you know, so influences that you might have or things that you see from that are not within you that will help you, even though they're coming from the outside. So it's who influenced you and what your observations of life are and what you see out, outside of yourself. The fifth book is the Book of the Void, which is my favorite book. And that always takes me back to the Tao Te Ching chapter 11. And that is, um, to quote, 30 spokes, 30 spokes connect at one hub. What is not there makes the wheel useful. Clay is formed into a vase. What is not there makes the vase useful. Windows and doors are cut from a room. What is not there makes the room useful. Learn to make use of what is by using that which isn't. That which isn't is the void. So, as or as I call it, infinite potential. Because if you have a room and you have no access to it, then it's useless. But what gives the room utility is the void giving you that access to that space. So, it's a little, little deep, a little, you know little takes a little bit of work to comprehend it and and to be honest i think people fall into two categories either you get it even if it's like a little inkling of it you kind of get what it is or you don't like and if you don't you know there's nothing wrong with that but i mean it's something that we should strive for as far as you know growth as a human being learning different cultures and everything like that as i always say i'm a christian and jesus christ is the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth but at the same time, I don't see Christianity competing with Zen Buddhism or, or something like that. It's not really a competition. I, it's just something to expand your horizon and your knowledge. So when you speak to people or even when you reflect on different things in life, you have a much broader scope, you know, that you can uh, observe or just broadens your horizons i mean it's important to learn different things as opposed to shut yourself away from it you know where your bread is buttered and you know 
what God you serve, but I think at the same time, it's a good idea. I mean, unless if you're getting into some, you know, like some real dark Crowleyism or something like that, that's, that's demonic, no matter how you look at it. And that's something I have no interest in. You know what I mean? I, it's good to know what their plan is or what they want to try to do, but it's something I would never follow or, or I would have put up that wall as far as just looking at it from a distance to say, Hey, that's, a strategy that they're going to try to impose against me and i need to learn my way around it because again you can't close your eyes away from it either it's something that's out there trying to hurt you so you need to see how it moves what it is and its properties you know so yeah we're going to get into this talk like i said all the links are going to be in the description you're going to have the youtube link for this video which is a great video that that accompanies it and um yeah so i'm going to put all the information in the links and uh I do want to thank you for listening and praise Yeshua HaMashiach's name, praise Jesus' name, and uh, enjoy. And as a side note that I just missed mentioning, um, if you have interest in it, I in episode 32 of my podcast, episode 32, I have, I, I think it's actually the audio book of the Go Ring No Show, but it, I put commentary in the beginning. So that's episode 32. Episode 170, I go over the Dakota. And I give some dialogue on that, and it's some good uh, information on that, too. So if you have interest, you can go back to episode 32 and episode 70 of my podcast. In today's rapidly shifting landscape, where unpredictability is the only constant, the teachings of Musashi have never been more pertinent. The world may have evolved, with battles now fought in boardrooms rather than on sandy shores, but the principles of strategic foresight and adaptability remain as crucial as ever. Through his life and wisdom, we can unearth the secrets to navigating our own challenges, no matter how insurmountable they might appear. So, as we delve into the world of Musashi, remember, it's not just about the art of the sword, but the art of outsmarting, of staying ten steps ahead, and of harnessing a genius that transcends eras. Welcome to the legacy of Miyamoto Musashi. If legends are born from adversity, then Miyamoto Musashi's story is a testament to that truth. Emerging from the shadows of a Japan rife with political intrigue and warring factions, Musashi's early years were anything but ordinary. Each dawn brought new challenges, and every sunset bore witness to his relentless spirit. Born in the late 16th century, Musashi's journey was carved amidst the backdrop of a tumultuous era. Orphaned at a young age, he wasn't nurtured by the comforts of familial warmth, but was instead thrust into a world where survival wasn't guaranteed. It's in this crucible of hardships that the seeds of his strategic genius were sown. Every skirmish, every duel, and every loss taught him invaluable lessons. Rather than succumbing to the weight of these challenges, Musashi used them as stepping stones. With each adversity, he refined his approach, not only to swordsmanship, but also to life's myriad challenges. He transformed obstacles into opportunities, always seeking the edge that would set him apart. This relentless pursuit didn't just make him a master with the blade, but a tactician of life, each chapter of his journey replete with trials and triumphs, contributed to the framework of his strategic brilliance. And as we uncover these episodes, we'll discover the crucible moments that molded Musashi into the legendary figure he is celebrated as today. To many, a sword may seem like an extension of the arm, a mere tool wielded by its master. But for Musashi, the sword was also a conduit of the mind, an instrument that showcased not just physical agility, but also cerebral acumen. 
Miyamoto Musashi was not just a prodigious swordsman, he was a thinker, a philosopher of combat. While countless warriors trained relentlessly to perfect their swordplay, Musashi recognized early on that mere physical prowess would not crown him unmatched. His battles weren't just won on the grounds of dexterity, but in the intricate labyrinths of strategy and foresight. This belief was central to his martial artistry. While he dedicated hours to honing his techniques, ensuring each strike was precise and each parry was flawless, he invested equal if not more time in sharpening his mental faculties. He studied opponents, discerned patterns, and anticipated moves before they were made. Musashi's duels often began long before the first strike. He'd dissect his adversary's psyches, employing tactics to unnerve, mislead, and predict. His philosophy was clear. The blade could wound, but the mind could conquer. In the realm of combat, where most emphasized on muscle memory and reflex, Musashi championed the synthesis of mind and blade, teaching us that true mastery arises when one can seamlessly merge the tangible with the intangible. Within the annals of martial literature, few works shine as brightly as Miyamoto Musashi's Go Rin No Show or The Book of Five Rings. More than a mere combat manual, this intricate treatise, penned in the twilight years of Musashi's life, serves as a reflection of his philosophy, his art, and his understanding of strategy and existence. Diving deep into the essence of the text, one can discern that it's partitioned into five books, each representing a ring or an element. Earth, water, fire, wind, and the void. Each ring not only delves into the specifics of swordsmanship and combat, but also translates to broader strategies, methodologies, and ways of thinking. The Earth Ring, for instance, lays the foundation, discussing the basics of the martial arts and Musashi's own style. Meanwhile, the Water Ring flows into concepts of adaptability and flexibility, illustrating the need to be fluid in one's approach. However, the brilliance of the Book of Five Rings lies in its applicability beyond the battlefield. Musashi's insights on timing, rhythm, perception, and understanding resonate with not just warriors, but also artists, entrepreneurs, and leaders. He teaches readers to see the bigger picture, to be adaptable, to understand their environment, and most importantly, to know themselves. In essence, Go Rin No Show is not merely about defeating an opponent with a sword. It's about overcoming challenges, understanding the complexities of life, and navigating the world with an unyielding strategic mindset. It stands as a testament to Musashi's genius, offering a roadmap to outsmart challenges, be it in combat or daily life. Miyamoto Musashi's profound wisdom manifests compellingly in the division of his magnum opus into five elemental books. Each of these elements, far from being mere chapters, stand as pillars illuminating the diverse facets of strategy and life. They represent a harmonious blend of physical technique and metaphysical philosophy, seamlessly intertwining to create a holistic roadmap for strategic thinking. Earth, grounded in basics. The Earth Book is the foundational pillar. It speaks to the essence of Musashi's style and provides the bedrock principles of martial arts. But on a deeper level, Earth symbolizes grounding oneself in core values, principles, and understanding the terrain or environment in which we operate. It emphasizes the importance of building a strong foundation before mastering advanced techniques, a lesson relevant not just in combat, but in any endeavor. Water, flow and adaptability 
Like the fluidity of water that adjusts its course without losing its essence, the water book emphasizes adaptability. It teaches the reader to be responsive to changing circumstances, suggesting that real mastery lies not in rigid techniques, but in the ability to adapt and flow. Whether navigating the currents of business, art, or personal relationships, Musashi's insights on water remind us of the strength in flexibility. Fire, passion, and aggression. Fire represents the fervor, the energy, and the aggressive tactics in combat. But beyond the battlefield, fire symbolizes drive, ambition, and the burning desire to achieve one's goals. Musashi counsels on how to harness this fiery energy effectively, ensuring it becomes a tool rather than a destructive force. Wind, the styles of others. While the earlier books focus on Musashi's techniques and philosophies, the Wind book provides a comparative study, exploring other martial schools and styles. It underscores the significance of understanding external influences, competitors, and the broader environment. In modern terms, it's about market research, understanding competitors, and positioning oneself uniquely. Void, the realm beyond technique, perhaps the most philosophical, the void speaks to the space beyond technique, strategy, and form. It's the realm of intuition, of being in the moment of zen-like mastery, where conscious thought ceases and pure action takes over. Musashi alludes to the state of mushin or no mind, where the strategist operates from a place of profound inner clarity. As we navigate these elemental terrains laid out by Musashi, it becomes evident that his wisdom transcends swordsmanship. He crafts a strategic guide that serves anyone looking to carve a path in life, urging us to balance our foundational principles with adaptability, passion with understanding, and technique with intuition. Miyamoto Musashi, while renowned for his unparalleled swordsmanship, often showcased a genius that transcended the confines of a blade. Among his most intriguing strategies was his ability to conquer adversaries without even unsheathing his weapon. This technique, more mental than physical, emphasizes the art of victory beyond the battlefield. Musashi believed in understanding his opponents deeply, their strengths, weaknesses, tendencies, and fears. This depth of knowledge allowed him to anticipate moves and positions, often outmaneuvering adversaries before the battle truly began. For Musashi, the real combat was waged in the mind, with the sword serving merely as an extension of one's thoughts. Psychological warfare, the power of presence and reputation is immeasurable. Often, the sheer weight of Musashi's reputation and his strategic posturing would unnerve his opponents. By establishing dominance through demeanor and calculated gestures, he often won the psychological battle, making the physical one redundant. The power of perception. By projecting an image of invincibility, Musashi manipulated the perceptions of those around him. He was adept at creating scenarios where the opponent felt cornered or outmatched, not by the threat of an imminent blade, but by the looming shadow of defeat. Victory in Stillness At the heart of Musashi's no-sword strategy is the Zen principle of stillness amidst chaos. By embodying calm and centeredness, he became an enigma to his opponents, his stillness serving as both shield and weapon. In a world where overt action and loud gestures are often mistaken for strength, Musashi's strategy of the no-sword reminds us of the profound power in restraint, anticipation, and the unseen battles of the mind. It's a testament that sometimes, the most potent weapons we wield are intangible, lying deep within our psyche. 
While many in the world of martial arts adhered to traditions, Miyamoto Musashi dared to innovate. His Niten Ichiryu technique, the two-sword fighting method, stands as a testament to his forward-thinking approach. At a time when single-sword combat was the norm, Musashi's embrace of dual-wielded blades was both audacious and ingenious. This wasn't mere showmanship, it was a calculated reinvention of samurai combat dynamics. Synchronization of movements. The Niten Ichiryu isn't merely about wielding two swords. It's about moving them in harmony, turning defense into offense seamlessly. One blade parries, the other strikes. A dance of steel choreographed to the rhythm of Musashi's heartbeat. Psychological dominance. Facing an opponent with two blades presented an immediate psychological advantage for Musashi. The sheer unpredictability of his movements, combined with the visual dominance of two weapons, often unsettled adversaries, granting him an immediate edge. Beyond the blades, strategic depth, Niten Ichiryu wasn't just about physical combat. It epitomized Musashi's philosophy of always being one step ahead, of looking for openings, and of leveraging every advantage. It's a lesson in adaptability, urging us to break free from convention and to constantly reinvent our strategies. Embracing change. Instead of rigidly adhering to a single method, Musashi embraced change. He understood that in a constantly shifting environment, versatility was more than just an asset. It was a necessity. Learning from every encounter, every opponent brought a new style, a new technique. And Musashi, with his keen observational skills, would dissect these encounters, absorbing what was effective and discarding what wasn't. In doing so, he remained several moves ahead. Modern Day Musashi In today's fast-paced world, change is the only constant. The ability to adapt, to be fluid in one's approach, mirrors Musashi's mindset. Whether it's in business, personal endeavors, or facing unforeseen challenges, adaptability remains key. Musashi's fluidity and strategy teaches us a profound lesson. Success doesn't come from resisting change, but from moving with it, from adapting, and from turning challenges into stepping stones. Just as water carves its path through the toughest rocks, so too can we shape our destiny with the power of adaptability. Miyamoto Musashi, beyond his martial prowess, left behind the Dokodo, a distilled essence of his wisdom. This revered document is not merely a list, but a compass that Musashi forged from his life's experiences. While his reputation as a master swordsman is well known, the Dokodo transcends the battlefield. It serves as a guide for navigating the intricate terrains of everyday life, providing clarity amid chaos. The Dokodo offers more than martial wisdom. From understanding oneself to the nuances of worldly attachments, Musashi's precepts provide invaluable insights. They beckon us to be more reflective and deliberate in our choices, emphasizing the power of strategy, observation, and understanding. Every challenge becomes a puzzle waiting to be solved. Centuries have passed since Musashi penned these precepts, yet their essence remains universally relevant. Whether it's a modern-day boardroom battle or personal dilemmas, the wisdom of the Dokodo resonates. In embracing it, we don't just gain knowledge of 21 precepts. We inherit a mindset, a way of thinking and being, that propels us to outsmart life's challenges, not with brute force, but with the elegance of strategy and wisdom. Miyamoto Musashi, despite his legend, was not without detractors. It's essential to dissect and understand the critiques alongside the adulations to grasp the complete picture. 
Some believed his methods were unorthodox or even dishonorable, while others felt that his tactics, especially in psychological warfare, treaded on the edge of deceit. Then, there are those who argue that Musashi's teachings are too rigid or archaic for today's dynamic world. But delving deeper into these criticisms offers enlightening perspectives. Musashi's unorthodox methods underscored a key tenet of strategy, the element of surprise. His tactics in psychological warfare were not about deceit, but understanding the human psyche. And while the contexts have changed, many of Musashi's strategic principles remain relevant if adapted appropriately. Eternal Strategy, The Enduring Wisdom of Musashi As the journey exploring Miyamoto Musashi's strategic genius concludes, one thing remains clear. The art of outsmarting isn't bound by time or terrain. His life, a testament to adaptability, cunning, and continuous learning, offers invaluable lessons. Whether on the ancient battlefields of Japan or in the boardrooms of today's corporations, the principles of keen observation, adaptability, and strategic foresight reign supreme. Musashi's philosophy serves as an invitation to view challenges as opportunities, to learn from every encounter, and to perpetually evolve. In a world that often feels chaotic and unpredictable, Musashi's teachings remind us of the power of a sharpened mind, urging us to cultivate our strategies, hone our perceptions, and embrace a mindset of endless growth. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Knowledge Hobo. That's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational i also have promotional t-shirts if you go to my website alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com you can see the promotional t-shirts there reach out to me also if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast just reach out and see if i can get that done i've been getting some really Great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.